New sponsor alert. Support for today's episode comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor is the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt or a little bit of dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit for an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they can offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off using code DOINK at trueclassic.com. Not only are you finally getting a t-shirt designed for your male body, but the first thing you'll notice is how big and soft it is. Get ready to make a thrift shop run because you won't be able to go back to cheap materials once you try these. It's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with code DOINK. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. The last sponsor of the day is BetterHelp. Hey everyone, you know Brendan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could be not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash double doing podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. And we're back with another episode of Weekend Wagers. I'm your host. Eric Warner at WarnerBro24 on Twitter. As always, huge thanks for listening. If you could go one step further and please rate and subscribe to the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. Double Doink is continuing to grow and uh, appreciate you being a part of it. Huge, huge thanks to Mr. Brandon Deeg last week for filling in, keeping the show going and Brendo produces our strongest week so far. Four and one in week three brings the record to ten and six. So huge, huge thanks to him. Maybe if uh, maybe if I'm in a slump later on, he slides back in the chair and gets us, keeps his hot streak going. We're gonna start week four with a game across the pond. We're over in London, England. The Minnesota Vikings are now three point favorites, taking on the New Orleans Saints. It's a 9.30 kickoff, and everybody knows now Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas have been ruled out, so Andy Dalton's getting the start. That's what caused this spread to move to three. To be honest, I like the Vikings earlier in the week where the spread opened at two a lot more than this number at three. Obviously, you have the downgrade from Dalton from Winston, but is he really a downgrade or is he an upgrade? Winston was clearly playing hurt. I think that this line now at three is something I would stay away from. I really, really was hoping we could fade Jameis on this week four game over in London. I just figured him having that bad back sitting on a flight for eight hours is probably not the best route. Maybe that's why when they got to London, they decided Andy Dalton was the starter. But either way, I think it's the right call for the Saints in this game. 
From the Vikings side of things, Harrison Smith is back, and hopefully Zadarius Smith plays. He's questionable. He would be a big get back for them. Dalvin Cook is questionable as well, but I don't think if he ha is he's forced to miss this game, I don't think the drop off between him and Alexander Madison is that severe. But either way, we got some 9:30 football. Looking forward to it. All right, next four games I'm going to dive into here. They all have weather as a factor. Side effects from the hurricanes on the East Coast this week. So we're going to see some rain and wind in the following four games. And we're going to start with the Chicago Bears currently plus three at the New York Giants. Total is 39 and a half. These two teams come in at two and one, but both do not have the feeling of a two and one football team. Chicago comes in dead last in passing efficiency so far, while the Giants come in 25th. And it's going to get probably it's probably going to get uglier for that Giants passing game. Sterling Shepard was lost for the season, so Daniel Jones will be throwing to Richie James, David Sills, and the anemic Kenny Galladay. Add in rain to win to that equation, and this uh, this game is definitely going to be decided on the ground. I expect an old school field position battle going to be a tough watch this is going to be a rock fight type of game so i'm leaning on the under it is a low total 39 and a half i haven't bet it quite yet but i'm considering it clock's always going to be moving i ex i anticipate both defensive coordinators being aware that hey it's going to be a heavy run ground game i expect boxes to be stacked but offenses to continue to run into them like i mentioned rock fight clock is going to be moving I expect both teams to struggle in the red zone. You don't both these teams outside the running back position, and I should mention David Montgomery will miss this game, but Khalil Herbert, a more than capable backup. I think Herbert and Saquon Barkley are really these two teams' only dynamic offensive players. When opposing defensive coordinators know this, I think red zone game planning becomes a lot more difficult for the offense. So I envision both teams struggling in the in the red zone specifically. And then we got rain and wind up to 15 miles per hour. Kicking game gets tougher. I'm leaning under. I'm almost talking myself into it right now, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be patient with that one. Next game on the card would be Bills. Pull, sorry, Bills are minus three currently going into Baltimore, taking on the Ravens. Total is at 51. So like I mentioned, there will be weather playing a factor in this game. There might be, there should be light rain throughout with 10 to 15 mile per hour winds. 51 seems like a high total, but then you realize, oh, it's Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Arguably Lamar Jackson would be number one so far in MVP voting. I would probably have Josh Allen number three, just behind Jalen Hurts. So you're getting two of the top three quarterbacks currently in the NFL Hence the 51 total in bad weather. But how much longer can the Buffalo Bills get by with this this offensive game plan? They're currently 32nd, dead last at running the football. I think that's it's going to become too one-sided. I don't think that can last. And Baltimore's not the team that this run game is going to get going against. They still got the big man in the middle, Calais Campbell, plugging holes. This Baltimore Ravens defense is currently 18th. I think that that I think that they finish higher. I think that's probably the lowest you'll see this Ravens defense so far this season at 18. I know there's questions about it. Maybe I'm just 
too old school and thinking of just that Ravens logo on the helmet so they can't possibly have a bad defense. I'm predicting it improves. So yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm staying away from this one. I think that plus that minus 3 spread for Buffalo is is sharp by Vegas. I don't see value in either side. I'm staying away. New York Jets are going into Pittsburgh. Jets are three and a half point underdogs. Total is 41 and a half. At first glance, my instant reaction was, what in the world? How are the Steelers favored by more than a field goal over anyone? I was heavily considering a Jets bet, but then I kind of talked myself off the ledge. I got to see Zach Wilson before I can bet on the Jets. This is going to be his first start of the season. Yes, I do consider him an upgrade over Joe Flacco, but until I see something from him, Let's remember he had a really, really rough rookie season. Until I see something positive from him, I'm not going to bet on the Jets quite yet. This is a nice matchup for him, though. Steelers defense without TJ Watt is a totally different unit. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Wilson does, but I can't bet on him quite yet. On the other side, you're crazy if you lay more than a field goal with Mitch Trubisky. Minus three and a half. A lot of fans in Pittsburgh calling for Kenny Pickett early. I, I think Mike Tallman is ready to pull the hook, but I don't think he wants to. I think he's worried about ruining Kenny Pickett because he knows how bad this offensive line is. This this line is one of the worst in the league, and I think putting a rookie behind it could spell disaster. So I think Mitch is going to take the fall here in Pittsburgh, and this offense is borderline unwatchable currently. So if anything, I lean Jets in this game. But again, also remember bad weather in this one too. Staying away. Last weather game we have in the 1 p.m. window would be the Jags getting six and a half points going into Philadelphia. Total is 45 and a half in this one. Who had the Jags as the only team with a top five defense and offense after three weeks? I certainly didn't. And even though the Jags have looked mighty impressive the last two weeks, I think people are starting starting to get a little, uh, little too high on this team a little too quickly. Let's remember this team lost to the Washington Commanders week one. I still can't get that out of my head. Add in the fact that when they beat the Colts in week two, Colts were without Shaq Leonard and Pittman. Colts look completely lost without those two guys on both sides of the ball. And last week, the Chargers with the walking wounded. I think the Jags are slightly overrated. And I think Vegas is in agreement with me because six and a half points feels a little high. But I think that's what I would make this spread. Eagles have looked amazing through three games. They haven't even had to play second halves. They've locked their games up in week one or in the first half all three three weeks. So this is a good measuring stick for the Jags. This is going to be a game. We learn quite a bit from the team. Is this team truly a top five defense and top five offense? No better way to find out than playing the best team in the NFC, which would be the Philadelphia Eagles through three weeks. And at home, Philly lane six and a half. That feels like a, the, an appropriate spread. So I don't see value. I'm staying away. Chargers are six-point favorites on the road going into Houston. Total in this one is 45. 
And I think the public's perception of both of these teams, both of these teams is slightly off. I don't think people realize how bad the Texans are. Justin Fields might have played the worst game any quarterback has played this season. And the Houston Texans found a way to lose that game. The public is also sour on the Chargers right now. But I still consider them a good team. I don't I think they were really banged up last week. They even had further in-game injuries, which are always tough to adjust to adjust on the fly. Especially when you consider it was Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa, two absolutely linchpins for their trenches. Adjusting to losing those two players mid-game was too tall of a task. Add in the fact that Justin Herbert was banged up. But this week, the Chargers are getting back. Corey Lindsley and JC Jackson, well, they're expected to. They're both questionable. They've both practiced this week. I'm anticipating they play. Check the injury report Sunday, but if both are in, I'm definitely going to be taking the Chargers minus six. Chargers are come into this game off an embarrassing loss. I consider them a good team. That is still one of my favorite angles. A good team off an embarrassing loss. Justin Herbert and this offense is going to be a huge, huge upgrade considering what the Texans saw last week in the Bears. And they gave up 23 points. I think Chargers put up past that, maybe reach the 30s, while the Texans offense is going to struggle versus Brandon Staley. And this Chargers defense still have Cleo Mack to apply pressure and JC Jackson and Derwin James roaming in that secondary means the Texans are going to have a tough time moving the ball. First play of the day, Chargers minus six. Next game on the card would be the Cleveland Browns. One point favorite going into Atlanta. Total here is 48. And I unfortunately cannot handicap this game without knowing Miles Garrett's status. He was in a nasty car accident earlier in the week. He hasn't practiced yet. And also, Jadavian Clowney hasn't practiced at all either. That means the Browns, who would normally have a massive advantage in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball, might be without their two stud edge rushers. Browns will still have the trenches mismatch on their offensive side of the ball with their O-line going up against a weak Atlanta defensive line. And there's something fishy about this total at 48 here. I mean, the total in a Josh Allen-Lamar Jackson game was 51, but you're telling me the total in a Jacoby Brissett and Marcus Mariota game is 48? There's just something that's not sitting right with me here. So I'm staying away from this game, especially not knowing Miles Garrett's status. I'm a little bit little bit disappointed because this normally would be a huge trenches mismatch, which is my bread and butter, but I'm going to stay away from the Browns for now. Moving on to the Seattle Seahawks, three and a half point dogs going into Detroit, taking on the Lions. And Weekend Wagers listeners would know that I've been on the Lions overs the past two weeks. It's hit back-to-back weeks. They've actually gone over all three games of the season. And I think we've reached the point now where we have value in the under. If you look at pace per play, the Lions have played three teams in the top 13. Washington ranks 13th fastest. Philly is the 8th fastest. But that number is a little skewed. They're the first 
they lead the league in pace of play in the first half of games and then slow down in the second as they've had such huge leads. And then the Vikings are the third fastest pace of play. So Lions, with whose offense has looked mighty impressive, have all have played three faster-paced teams. Now they're bringing in Pete Carroll and the 21st-ranked-paced Seahawks. I expect Pete to run the ball consistently like he always does. Add in that the Lions are going to be down DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown. I expect this Lions offense to be to struggle, and I expect them to bring their pace down. They're in the they're the fifth ranked pace team right now. I think when you're feeding Jamal Williams maybe 20 times in this ball game, that's going to bring the pace down. So I I think we're getting value with this under at 48. This could be another old school rock fight type game. And really, really, the loss of Amon Ross St. Brown is what made me lock this bet in. He's establishing himself as a a superstar wide receiver. He's currently tied with Calvin Johnson for consecutive games with a touchdown. That's the team, the Detroit Lions team record. But anytime you're tied for records with Calvin Johnson, who I consider the best wide receiver I've seen, he's just dominated the Bears too many times. I'm always going to tip my cap to him as the most dominant wide receiver I've witness with my two eyes so Monroe St. Brown has established himself as a star wide receiver in my opinion that's going to be a big loss considering the drop off to him is DJ Chark I don't expect him and Jared Goff to have the same type of connection I think this is going to be a low scoring game give me the under in terms of the spread don't really have a feel Really not sure what to make of this Lions offense without their top two guns in Swift and Brown. And I'm not betting on Geno Smith. So stay away from the spread for me, but give me under 48. Next game of the card would be an AFC South matchup. The Titans are three and a half point dogs going into Indianapolis. Total sitting at 43. And does anyone have a feel on this game? Because I certainly don't. Shaq Leonard has practiced all week. He's trending towards making his season debut, but DeForest Buckner hasn't practiced all week. He's questionable. We'll see if he suits up. Titans are really a team I struggle to get a read on. I'm going to be staying away from their games for the near future. I just don't, I can't get a read on this team. They seem to do better as an underdog than a favorite, which they are in this spot. Colts are number two versus the run so far. Maybe they can bottle up Derrick Henry, but the Titans have won four of the last five in this AFC South matchup. I really do not have a feel on this one. In my opinion, if somebody tells you they have a feel on this one, don't trust them. They're a liar. Next game on the card would be the Washington Commanders. Three-point dogs going into Dallas. Total is 41.5 here. This spread opened at 3.5 points. And I cannot for the life of me figure out why it's dropped to three. I was considering Dallas at three and a half. And I feel like something is just pulling me right into a trap here. But I'm going to take the Cowboys minus three here. Definitely a square play. Maybe a trap. I don't mind. I'm going Dallas minus three. Washington gave up nine sacks last week. Now they have to deal with the red hot Micah Parsons. Um... What's his name? The other edge rusher on Dallas is trending towards playing. 
guard Connor McGovern and tight end Dalton Schultz are trending towards playing, which will help Cooper Rush on the offensive side of the ball. And Cooper Rush has excelled versus the Blitz. Washington blitzes at the sixth highest rate so far. And Rush is 20 for 27 with two touchdowns, no pick, 244 yards versus the Blitz this season. So if Washington keeps up that high Blitz rate, Cooper Rush could potentially carve it. And I don't think this Washington locker room has bought into Carson Wentz and they're potentially turning on the coaching staff. I think Jack Del Rio's days are numbered. I think Ron Rivera's days are numbered. Carson Wentz's days are certainly numbered. There's potential for this Washington team to completely implode. They're going to be an all-year fade team for me. Again, I think it is a trap, but I'm going Dallas minus three. And I can't believe I blanked on his name. The other edge rusher for Dallas, Demarcus Lawrence, is trending towards playing. Sorry, Demarcus, you're a stud. You and Parsons have a big game for me. Here we go. Dallas minus three. Cardinals are one point dogs going into Carolina to start the 4 p.m. window. Only three 4 p.m. games this week. Little disappointing there. Hope that is not a trend going forward. Like I said, Cardinals, one point dogs on the road going into Carolina, taking on the Panthers. Total is 43 and a half. And this Carolina offense is trending towards being unwatchable along with Pittsburgh. They have yet to reach 300 yards in a game. Christian McCaffrey only has 57 receiving yards on the season. Matt Rule, what are you doing? This Christian McCaffrey character you have on your team might want to give him the ball. He has an 1,000-yard season under his belt. Feed him some passes in the screen game. Arizona is blitzing at the highest rate thus far in the NFL, 46.8%. And unlike Cooper Rush, Baker Mayfield has absolutely shit the bed versus the blitz. He's 16 of 35 for 200 yards, one touchdown, one interception. If the Cardinals blitz, which all signs point towards them doing, there's potential. Baker really throws up all over himself. With that being said, I'm not betting the Cardinals either. They're down A.J. Brown, and J.C. Horn, who is out, off to an outstanding start to his season, should be able to shadow Marquise Brown. That leaves James Cardner, Connor as the Cardinals' main form of offense. If Carolina can stack the box, I think they can take him out of the game. I just I don't see how either team has success moving the ball, yet this total at 43.5 is pretty low. I'm staying away. These are two teams I wish I could be fading this week. Unfortunately, they are playing each other. Next game on the card would be the Denver Broncos. Two and a half point dogs going into Vegas. Total is 45. I think the wrong team is favored here. The Broncos offense looked absolutely awful. Don't get me wrong. That was primetime Sunday. Everybody saw it. So this spread has opened in Vegas's favor. Are people forgetting that was against the third ranked defense in San Francisco? This Raiders defense flat out stinks. This is exactly what the Broncos offense needs to get right. I understand Nathaniel Hackett has been a full-blown disaster thus far. I'm telling you this Raiders defense is 
medicine for this Broncos offense. I think the wrong team is favored in this game. You're giving me two and a half. Russell, let's ride. On the offensive side of the ball for the Raiders, this O-line has been absolutely pathetic. Both run block and pass block, they can't get it done. Denver has a top 10 pressure rate this season and the number five DVOA ranked defense. So shout out this Denver defense. They've been getting a lot of bad publicity on the offensive side of the ball, rightfully so. But this defense also deserves some credit for playing really, really well so far. Derek Carr's security blanket and Hunter Renfro is out with a concussion. Like I said, wrong team favored in this AFC West matchup. Give me the Broncos and two and a half points. Let's ride. Next game on the card would be the New England Patriots. Nine point dogs going into Lambeau, taking on the Green Bay Packers. Low total in this one, 40 points. That would be because Mr. Brian Hoyer is getting the start for the New England Patriots. This is another spread that has moved. Unless unless there was unless Vegas shops opened this week with the anticipation Mac Jones had a chance of playing. Because this spread opened at 10.5. Now that Brian Hoyer is in, the spread has moved to 9. That movement just doesn't make sense to me. This is another trap I might be falling into, but why has this spread moved towards New England's favor here with the announcement of Brian Hoyer being the starter? Hoyer is 0-11 in his last 11 starts, and that was with much better Patriot rosters. Why are people betting on Bill Belichick like he has talent here so that he can coach them up and deliver a fight here? Patriots wide receivers are not going to be able to get open versus a loaded Packers secondary. I think if the Packers sell out to stop the run here, Patriots are going to have a real, real, real rough day offensively. On the other side of the ball, New England ranks 29th versus the run this year. Bill, A Bill Belichick team, 29th versus the run. What does that tell me? They just don't have talent on that side of the ball. This defense is not what... The public thinks it is. I expect the Green Bay, pa- Green Bay Packers to feed Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon on the ground, move the chains all day long. I think this is a blowout, and I can't believe the spread dropped to nine. Give me Packers. It's a large spread, but like I said, I think I everything points to blowout in this one for me. Packers in Survivor and Packers minus nine. Next game on the card would be the Kansas City Chiefs at Tampa Bay. This game is currently listed as a pick'em. Thought this line would move. I got it wrong. This spread open at Chiefs minus two. It has since gone to the pick'em. I think that Vegas must have expected this game to be moved to Minneapolis due to Hurricane Ian. Somehow Tampa Bay has miraculously been able to pull this off and they're going to play this game in Tampa Bay. I still like Kansas City at a pick here. Tampa could be really, really emotional though. I, I'm having a tough time handicapping this hurricane and Tampa still playing at home. Is Tampa Bay going to be distracted because of this hurricane and... No, who knows what's going on with everybody's homes during the storm? P- 
pictures coming out of there just every it looks awful lot to deal with but with that being said we have a home game here these fans need something to rally around nothing like a football game to get your community together i could see a really emotional spirited fight from tampa bay because of this we know mike evans is back chris godwin and jones Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, and Donovan Smith are all question marks. We'll see who plays there. Normally, I would love betting both these quarterbacks. They're coming off a loss. Pat Mahomes off a loss and Tom Brady off a loss. Two of my favorite angles in the betting world. Cancel each other out this week. That is unfortunate. But like I said, need more time to think about this game. It's a Sunday nighter, so, you know, it's going to be a popular popular wagered game. Let's see if this line moves or this total moves. Also got to check the weather closer to kickoff. Too many variables for me to give a accurate prediction on this one right now. Staying away. Also, Rams plus two going into San Francisco for the Monday nighter. Total is 42 and a half. I also don't have a feel on this one. Need the practice reports that will come out Saturday. 49ers offense can't be nearly as bad as it was last week versus the Broncos. I think that was their rock bottom. But Trent Williams being out is a huge loss. I don't think the Rams have a really the personnel to take advantage of Trent Williams being out. But I need to see this 49ers offense without Williams before I can wager on them. Keeping it simple, or sorry, the Rams, What how I have the Rams pegged this season is I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to fade the Rams versus a good pass rush, and I will be betting the Rams when they are facing a poor defensive line. San Francisco's defensive line clearly qualifies as the former, an elite pass rushing unit. They are going to be able to heat up Matt Stafford, I think. Throwing Shanahan is 7-3 versus McVay. I definitely lean San Francisco here. But like I said, I'm the Trent Williams loss on the offensive side of the ball is keeping me away. And I need to see Jimmy G play better. I'm assuming last week was his rock bottom. But I need to see it before I can bet on it. That's the week four card. Let's do a quick recap of the picks here. Green Bay, minus nine at home at Lambeau. Broncos, plus two on the road. Sorry, that's plus two and a half there. Dallas, minus three. Seattle and Detroit, under 48. And Chargers, minus six. That's another five picks this week. As always, good luck to everybody. And enjoy your Sunday.